She said, I can control me. I can control what I do. And I'm going to do what I know and think is best for the relationship. And eventually, he's going to see it and feel it. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Couples Podcast. This is the place where we help committed couples who want to level up their marriage, experience newfound clarity, hope, and confidence. We're Matthew and Kim, co-hosts and husband and wife. In 26 years together, we've seen a lot and never thought it could be as good as it is right now. We're here to help you successfully navigate the messy, dirty, and wonderful world of marriage. We believe all couples deserve and are capable of experiencing an extraordinary and fulfilling marriage. And each week, we're bringing you life lessons from real-life successful couples to help you grow and strengthen your relationship. And now, back to the show. Casey and Megan Caston have dedicated their lives to helping couples build healthy and happy relationships. As co-founders of Marriage 365, they've created an affordable and practical online resource that caters to the needs of couples who are struggling to maintain a happy marriage. Their most popular resource is their monthly membership program, which offers the largest online streaming services for couples. This program includes access to exclusive content and a community of like-minded individuals who are dedicated to improving their relationships. Welcome back to the Kick-Ass Couples Podcast. We are excited to be doing a recap episode on a kick-ass, cool couple, Megan and Casey Kasten. They are the founders of Marriage 365, coming up on 20 years of marriage. And man, we had so much fun with these guys. You are in store. If you already listened to the episode, some incredible insights on relationships, communication, the work they do together, and just what a fun couple. Yeah, they were super authentic. I really appreciated how genuine they were. And hey, we're in the same space, working in the same space. We are in the same vineyard. Yeah, to try and really support marriages. So I love that. And they were real. They had some great stuff to share for us. And, you know, I think like all couples, they had things haven't always been sunshines and rain, sunshine and rainbows. I mean, unicorns, they've had some issues and challenges. They were open with us and really had some fantastic things to share. Kim, what was, you know, like, what was your first takeaway? What, as this is a recap, right? And we're talking about some of the pearls. What was one of the things that stood out to you with uh, our time together? I really love that they came right out and said um, what made them kick ass was that they fight for each other. They fight for their marriage. They really work at it. They know that it takes intentionality and constant work to have a thriving marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I love Casey and, you know, Megan kind of followed up with that. She talked about, she said, sometimes we think we're going to do something. We think we're going to film for Marriage 365. We think we're going to plan an activity. And she said, we put the brakes on and go, wait a minute, things aren't right between the two of us. And so we are going to pause and take care of us because we know if we let it go and we put it off, it's going to get someplace dark and scary. Yeah. Matthew, you said earlier that it wasn't always unicorns and rainbows and hearts floating everywhere. No, they both had some really tough backgrounds, Kim. I think, you know, Megan talked about, she said that all she, she never really witnessed love expressed between her mom and her dad. And she said, you know, her mom, is she focused on her father and everything else? Or does she care about us and the kids? And she wasn't really sure. She thought her mom was pretty abusive and aggressive 
towards her father. So she grew up in a home where her parents fought and she was not seeing a great relationship model and she wanted so much more. And she shared that where she found solace and she found like she had somebody she could count on was in therapy as a teenager because she was dealing with so many issues. But that therapist, that relationship was her safe spot, which allowed her to understand the circumstances she was going through and figure out what she wanted to have someday in her own relationship. Yeah. Uh, you know, mom and mom was in and out of the house that eventually ended in divorce when I think she was in middle school. And so she didn't have that continuity of two parents being there for her. She said it was toxic. And so that's what was modeled for her. And similarly, um, I believe that Casey had sort of the same upbringing with his family as well. Parents, he said he was just out there left to do whatever I wanted to do. Never needed to check in. No one checked in on me. And I just kind of went about life assuming that people didn't have dinners together and people didn't say, I love you. And that families just were not close. Yeah. So both of them came from families who were li- had a little bit of a disconnect. I know. So everybody listening, think about your own history, your own background, what you grew up with. I, I had two parents all throughout my childhood. So did Kim. Her parents are still married. My parents got divorced after 26 years. But for most of my formative years, I had a mom and a dad. And I was able to see some good things and some things I wanted different. And Kim's parents are still together. I think you're even pushing over 60 years together. So when you don't have that, when you can't look at your family of origin and have a healthy thing modeled, what do you do? And I think each of these two had to figure it out. But when they came together and got married, there was no blueprint. There was no game plan of how they were going to synthesize this. And I think after three years in of marriage, Kim, one of the big takeaways for me is is Megan said, man, this is not going well. And do I want a divorce? And is it going to work? And she really had to... There was uh, a lot of pain there. There was. And I believe that she had a friend that said, you know, before you mentioned divorce, I think it's really wise for you to take a good hard look at things and have you done everything that you possibly can to save this marriage, which was terrific advice. Because I think that believe the answer was no. And she went back to... Uh, realizing how important it was when she had therapy. That was the best thing that her family did for her was put her in therapy when she was 13 years old. And she went back and remembered that that person was her mentor, was a guide for her and said, this is what we need. Are you tired of feeling like you're living with a roommate instead of a lover? Do you miss the days when you were completely into each other, intellectually, emotionally, and physically? The truth is, many couples are struggling behind closed doors. Putting on a brave face for the rest of the world is exhausting. If you want to get back your joy, return to thriving, and take pleasure in your marriage, then Kick-Ass Couples Coaching and Matthew P. Hoffman are here to help. Join us alone or with your partner and start taking steps towards overcoming the pain-filled obstacles and improving your relationship right now. For a limited time, we're offering a free relationship assessment call. Go to MatthewPHoffman.com forward slash coaching to book your free call now so you can start making real changes in your most important relationship today. Casey came along because she began modeling later after going back to therapy 
what she wanted, the person she wanted to be in the marriage. Right. The way she wanted to show up for him, for them. And so I love that story because I really believe, we believe the same thing. We believe that before you can start pointing fingers and really wanting the other person to change, you have to be willing to change yourself. Yeah, I think she said, I started to take the focus off of him, off of Casey, and what he was doing wrong or what he wasn't doing and the problems he was bringing and say, you know what? I was just finger pointing and blaming him. She said, I had to take responsibility for my own actions and for myself. And initially, for any of you out there that are having issues and you feel like you are the Lone Ranger or that you're doing things on your own, she said, I can control me. I can control what I do. And I'm going to do what I know and think is best for the relationship. And eventually, he's going to see it and feel it. And the beautiful part of this story is, is that he did. And he shared the story. This was a great story. He said, I remember the day I was so angry. And I was coming charge to battle. I was came into battle, coming charging to Megan. And she calmly said, oh, wait on. Wait a minute. Hold up. You don't seem to me like you're in the greatest uh, headspace right now. You're pretty angry and charged. Why don't you take a break? Go outside, connect with nature, take a time out. And when you're ready to come back and for us to have a great discussion, let me know and we'll reconvene and talk about I'll this. I'll be ready. And he said it was I'll like the right iron curtain coming down. And he said that was the first time he remembered there's a change. This is something different because they're both strong personalities. They were both winners and we're going to win this argument, right? A lot of us think we have to win arguments. And she said, no, it's not going to happen this time. And that was a huge turning point in their relationship, and they talked it out and were able to communicate without accusations and also by dropping that desire that I've got to win. I've got to be right, and my opinion has to win the day. Yeah, and then what it really boiled down to, Matthew, is it came back to, um, you know, we're not going to finger point. We're going to take accountability. We're going to learn how to communicate. We're going to have intentionality about communicating. And that's, you know, we're going to have boundaries and that's what really turned things around. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful story. And so, Kim, I think kind of the next thing is as we talked about commitment, I think that um, Casey shared first, she said, you know, my commitment to Megan is founded in trust. It's founded in fact that we're a team, team Caston. And he goes, I know that we're better together than independently. And so, and I love this. I'm going to quote him. He said, "In he said, it requires, commitment requires courageous choices throughout the week. If I'm feeling distant from her, my natural tendency is to run away and avoid conflict at all costs, but courage is choosing what's right over what's easy. And that was, I, that stuck with me. And I was going to repeat that again. Yeah. Courage is choosing what's right over what's easy. And we all, man, we all love that path of least resistance, avoiding the conflict, not having to say something that might not be popular or not, might not be received the best way or coming out and saying, you know what? You might be right. I think I was wrong there. I could have done that better. Or I take responsibility mm -hmm. for what happened there. And I think that commitment in a relationship, they were modeling and talking about it, is making those right, but sometimes not easy choices. Sure. And I love what Megan said about commitment. She said, it is when we show up for each other during the hardest of times, during the challenging times. And they've had a son who was diagnosed with autism. Um, they've had toxic family situations, job losses, and the list goes on and on. And it's the commitment um, of being there for each other during those times that 
really has made a difference in their marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, uh, Casey said, as he thinks about commitment in their relationship, if you are not 100% ironclad, concrete in your mind about commitment, if you have conditional, we talk about conditional commitment where sometimes you are and sometimes you're not, or variable that it will go rides the wave of 80% there, 90% there, 100% there. You can't be willing to throw your hands up and say, I'm going to go do something if it doesn't work out. But once you give that unconditional commitment to each other, Kim, and you and I talk about this all the mm-hmm. time in our relationship, neither of us have to question if the other is committed. And that takes so much concern and worry and stress off the table. I know that unequivocally, she is there for me. So in my decisions, in our conversations, I'm not thinking, well, what if she, what if she wants to bolt? What if she's not going to stick around? What if she's so angry or upset or frustrated with me, she's going to bag? And knowing that's off the table is really freeing. It's not restrictive. It's freeing. It's freeing. It's safe. And it feels good to know that you can come to me with your authentic self. And I'm going to accept you just as you are. And I'm going to listen to you. Are you struggling to maintain the emotional and physical intimacy you once shared? Do you feel like you're spending more energy finding fault and tearing your partner down instead of magnifying their good and building them up? Don't worry, you're not alone. Many couples are struggling behind a forced smile and an inauthentic happiness. You feel drained, unheard, and more often than not, unappreciated. The good news is it's not too late to rekindle the flame and strengthen your bond. I'm offering a free relationship assessment call to help you take the first step towards revitalizing your relationship and reaching your own relationship nirvana. Whether you come alone or with your partner, I'm here to help you create the space for a more fulfilling and satisfying relationship. Don't wait any longer. Make the changes you need to thrive. Book your free call today at MatthewPHoffman.com forward slash coaching. And let's get started on your journey to a kick-ass relationship. I also love that they brought up, again, communication. And we talk about communication in the three C's all the time. The commitment's there. The communication is there. It's intentional. Um, You know, they try to work hard on understanding each other's perspectives when they speak, which keeps them from having a lot of conflict. Yeah, yeah. Casey had a great example. I've kind of used this before, too, about Cortez landing in Mexico. He was a committed explorer and committing to this new world. When Cortez landed, he told the story that Cortez burned the ships, meaning his commitment was so strong, he said, we're not leaving. And in our relationships, in our marriages, your commitment has to be that strong. You have to say, I'm in it no matter what. And we are going to work together and figure it out. And they did that. And they worked through lots of hardships, came through that communication and through a relationship that didn't look like it was going to go anywhere. And they were repeating the habits of what they saw in their parents that they swore they would avoid. But they righted the ship and they started going the right direction. They also take time to work on themselves. And Casey pointed out that it's really important for him to have quiet time and downtime reflection time um, so that he can really work through whatever may be going on with him. And, um, you know, he's not, then it it keeps him from being triggered emotionally 
and he's able to process things. And so I really appreciated hearing how he sort of takes that time to um, pull away and reflect and just sit and be quiet and listen, really. Yeah. And I think he did that in the interview. I mean, some of the questions he, he said, I want to think about that yeah. because he's not, uh, he's not, you know, people process differently in relationships. And, you know, I've never met a couple where I think that each of them are exactly the same in so many arenas. And mm-hmm. Megan, and you know, Megan is very, Casey said, she's very matter of fact, off the cuff, tactical, and here's what we're going to do. And Casey likes to think about it and kind of come at things in a different way, in a different angle. And he did that in our interview. So it was a beautiful kind of a symphony of singing of seeing the two of them operate the way they need to, not apologizing for it or not getting after the other one and giving each other the space. And you and I are very different that way as well. I like to have quiet time in the morning for prayer and meditation and study, and you do too, but I get up before anybody in the house because it's quiet because that's what I need. And you do what you need, and it's similar, but you do your own thing as well. Right. Yeah, it's important that we give each other the time and the space for that. I want to move on to conflict resolution because they said something that I really loved. When they, when they feel like they're getting a little heated, when they feel like they may be um, having some conflict or some challenges, and they're kind of maybe getting a little bit louder and they have a code word. And as soon as one person says the code word, it means eh, we're done. No one else can say a word. Conversation stops. It's an adult timeout. Yeah. And I love that. Go take a break and, and come back. And their code word was where they, the place that they met. Yeah. And so they used something that was very tender and sweet to them as their code word so that it wasn't an affront to the other person. But yet it just said to the other person, stop, take a breath. We're not going to say anything else. We're going to walk away. Yeah. And it's a great way to say, hey, you know what? I'm getting triggered or mm, I'm getting, a, you're getting a reaction out of me and it's not going to be good. So why go through it? You know, yeah. we talk about landmines, right? And triggers. Right. If you don't know what triggers your spouse, your partner, what gets them angry, upset or frustrated or causes them anxiety, why would you intentionally want to take somebody you love on a path they don't want to go down? Sure. And so I love that. And uh, I think that's a great trick. And a tool, not a trick, a tool to use to let your partner know, I'm full, I'm flooded, I need to take a break. And it doesn't mean you're you're ignoring or not coming back. It means you're saying, let's table it for another time and we'll come back and address it when we're both ready. Yeah, I, I cannot encourage our listeners um, enough to listen to this full episode. It is a great episode. These are experienced people who are working, in, like I said, in this same space that we are. They care about marriages. They're very intentional about their own. And uh, I think it's a great interview for anyone to go back and listen to the entire thing. Great episode. We all have warts. We all have stories from our past that we bring into these relationships. And that dance of marriage is about learning how to do it. And they've done an incredible job of modeling that in their own relationship. And they freely talk about it because we all have big pieces of furniture in the room that we run into. And the reason we do this Kick-Ass Couples podcast for you is to help you so you can avoid some of the pitfalls, learn how others are doing it, and work on getting back to your own relationship nirvana. Thanks for listening in, everybody. And remember that happily ever after doesn't just happen. It's on purpose.
That's all we've got for this episode of the Kick-Ass Couples Podcast. If you like the content of this show, you'll love Matthew's newly released book, Kick-Ass Husband, Winning at Life, Marriage, and Sex. To receive a digital mini book of quotes and images from the book, all you have to do is rate this show and leave a review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to listen. Then email us a screenshot of your review at podcast at kickasscouplespodcast.com and we'll get it over to you right away. Until next time, remember, happily ever after doesn't just happen, it's on purpose.